I woke up to people asking me how I felt about Donald Trump refusing to do stimulus until after he wins the election. So let's talk about it. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody? Tyra Berry here, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. It is Wednesday, so welcome to Unbothered Botherinas. That is what I officially call the unbothered crowd, if you guys don't know, if you guys are new around here. If you're not familiar with Unbothered, this is my podcast where I basically talk about things that bother me until they don't bother me anymore. So this is almost like my own little therapy session, and tonight it will be like a little therapy session. Maybe a little bit more than a little therapy session, but... It's going to be a therapy session. Before we get started, please, as always, make sure you like the video, comment when I get on your nerves, and subscribe so you know the next time I'll be getting on your nerves. So like I was saying, people have been asking me how I feel about Donald Trump refusing to work on the stimulus or issue stimulus until after he wins the election. And I feel like two things are going on, and it definitely does get on my nerves. It's not like I don't pay attention. It's not like I don't care. But at the same time, I can only care so much when it comes to this particular topic because when somebody decides they're not going to do something for you, even if that's our government, then they're just not going to do it and there's nothing we can do to make them do it for us. So as far as that goes, it's unfortunate that we're left in this position, but this is a position we're in, so we might as well make the best of it is the way I feel. Donald Trump is waiting until after the election and I kind of don't blame him because right now, it's just ridiculous because for me, and I'm not trying to blame one side or the other, but I do feel like if I'm being completely fair about it and completely just doling it out on both sides, what I would say is I'm disappointed that the people that have been appointed to represent us can't work harder to come to some sort of agreement when it comes to things that directly do affect us, things that could possibly hurt us. That's something that really does bother me. When you claim to be the smartest, the brightest, and that's basically what our politicians are supposed to be. They're supposed to be the best of us. They're supposed to represent all of us. And instead of doing that, they're caught up in trying to make the president look bad, which I know not everybody agrees with the president. I personally agree with a lot of what Donald Trump does, so I'm not going to pretend that I don't like him or I'm not on his side. I am on his side in a lot of cases. And I think ever since he got elected, because the Democrats were so dead set against having him be our president, they never fully worked with him. And you could say that the Republicans did the same to Obama, but at what point do we stop doing tit for tat and just say, okay, I don't care what happened in the past, you guys. I need you to figure it out because right now we're going through a pandemic, which is supposed to be the most important thing in the world, right? And I always bring up the most important thing in the world because that's what people always make these things seem like. Like it's the most important thing in the world. It's the thing we're supposed to really care about. And then people don't treat it that way, including our politicians. If this is so important that I'm expected to stay home for a couple months or have stayed home for a couple months and now you're not opening things up in a way that lets me be able to get back on the road the way that I'm supposed to then I feel like it is on you to make sure that I'm taken care of because had you not stepped in the way I had plenty of work lined up I was supposed to record an album in April so for me this has been a huge inconvenience and I'm being asked to stay home because the unhealthy haven't taken care of themselves up until this point. It's just true. If you look at the high-risk groups, yeah, there's the seniors, and that's not their fault. They just were going to get old. But at the same time, I feel like this is God's way of shaving down what we don't need anymore. And yeah, that may sound especially cruel. My parents are both in the age range, 70 and 80, so they're in the age range that they could get clipped. And I love my parents more than anybody else in the whole wide world. But at the same time, deuces. If it's time to go, it's time to go. And that's the way they feel about it too. So it's not like they would think I'm particularly insensitive for saying it that way. They would laugh. They would be like, you're stupid. But they wouldn't be offended at me just saying that. They understand what I do. So they're not going to make a big deal of even me just doing the deuces to them. I love my parents. 
parents, but it's what it is. You get to a certain age and it's time to go. At some point, it's going to be time for me to go. I don't sweat that kind of stuff. So really, yeah, I get what you're saying about Donald Trump, blah, 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 blah. And Republicans should still work with blah, 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 blah. The Democrats, blah, 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 blah. A lot of blah, 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 blah from me. And it's just because at the end of the day, we have to take care of ourselves. And that's what this pandemic should really have taught us so far, is that we really do have to take care of ourselves. So if you've noticed, I've been recording a lot more content. I've been posting a lot more content. I've been working on my YouTube. I've been working on my different streams of income because for right now, I can't be on the road the way that I usually would. And I've also been honest with you guys when I say that I don't really want to be on the road like that right now. So for me, it's kind of a blessing in disguise in more than one way because yes, there is the fact that I don't necessarily want to be on the road, but I had gotten into such a system of going on the road that I know I would have been on the road even more had we not had the pandemic. So this forced me to take a break that I wasn't necessarily planning on, but at the same time, it made it so I have to actually think about what am I going to do if stand-up isn't an option. And then that made me work on this more. And I like what I'm doing here. And I get better at it all the time. I get better at the editing. I've been able to go to the gym a lot. I've been able to really work on my diet. Things that I've been wanting to do for a long time, I've been able to do. So it's a blessing in disguise, in my opinion. Because at first I was upset. I, I admit I had one particular day. It was a Thursday. And it was just a rough, rough day for me. We were a month in or so, and I just was dealing with an actual depression because I was so used to being out and I had so much that I was going to be working on and I just really wasn't handling it well. And so I ended up speaking on the phone to my friend, Zach. Zach Elk used to be the sidekick of Unbothered by Tyra Vera until he left me high and dry, just playing. Me and Zach parted ways as far as Unbothered went because his regular job was taking off. And he had another podcast he was working on for at least a year before he started working on Unbothered. And so Zach moved on, but we're still really good friends. And we talked on the phone that night and I can't remember what exactly he told me or his exact words, but it basically came down to none of this matters, kind of stay unbothered. You know, like that was his general tone about it. So I don't know why that sunk in for me, but it just did. And then I was just like, okay. So at the time the gyms were closed, I bought a jump rope. I started using that. I already had a jump rope, but I bought a heavier one so that it would be more like a workout and I could burn more calories right here at home. And then once the gyms opened up in May, I got a new gym membership, which I already had one gym membership, but that gym wasn't open because of the way COVID worked. So I got another gym membership. Then I had that moment where I broke my toe and so I wasn't able to do cardio for a couple days. Well, closer to a month, I wasn't able to do cardio. But instead, I just really focused on my diet and I continued to do weights and I didn't end up gaining weight. Technically, my body got better. And so I just look at it as we just have to adjust and take care of ourselves because if the government's not going to do it, then they're not going to do it. So that's where we just have to start coming up with new skills, teaching ourselves new skills, if that's what it takes. I have some friends that I see on social media that are complaining and like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, if you have that attitude, then you're probably going to go stagnant and either die or just have to get a regular job. So that's on you at that point. And I'm not trying to be mean to any of my friends, but it's just something I've seen quite a bit. And I've been like, are you not going to make any effort at all? Like, how about you just try something? How about you start shooting content or doing Zoom shows? Or there's so many different ways that I've seen other friends really just stepping out of the box and figuring it out. I've talked about my friends that have done OnlyFans, which a lot of people, you know, do, well, it's usually a lot of sex work type stuff when it comes to OnlyFans, dirty pictures, nudes, stuff like that. And to me, that's legit. If that's what you decide to do with this time, then do that. It's better than sitting around wondering who's going to take care of you maybe you need to take care of you maybe that needs to be the most important thing in your mind is what am i going to do for me 
instead of wondering what Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi or anybody else is going to do for you. When it comes to the stimulus package, I know Donald Trump was upset because Nancy Pelosi wanted a certain amount of money for Democrat states that are being mismanaged right now. And I have to say, I agree that they are being mismanaged. When you have millionaires, multimillionaires leaving California because of what's going on there and the way that they're not being allowed to make money and what they're being taxed, at some point you have to look at it and be like, okay, why would these people be choosing to leave a state where they are fully set up? And I have a lot of friends in LA still, and they tell me that it gets worse and worse all the time, just as far as the homeless, which that was a problem before the pandemic, but now it's really highlighted a lot of the problems that were already there. So I can't say that I blame people for leaving California and I can't say that I blame Donald Trump for feeling like they're being mismanaged. So as far as all that goes, I'm just going to say my advice is for you to take care of yourself. Do what you have to do to take care of yourself financially. Take care of what you have to do for yourself mentally. Take care of what you have to do for your family. Just try some new stuff. Throw some stuff against the wall and see what sticks. That would be my best advice. But yeah, for me, that's entailed a lot of things as far as taking care of myself goes. For me, tonight specifically, because, okay, let, let me just organize my thoughts really quick. I've discussed this before. I don't know the last time I discussed it, but I know it's been recently. This time of year is hard for me. That's just what it is. So, uh, you know, we get closer to Halloween. My sister died on Halloween night. Well, somewhere between Halloween night and November 1st. So I can easily slip into a depression. I can easily start isolating, especially with the way things work right now. It's easy to isolate because people aren't out the way that they usually are and we don't have the open mics and the comedy shows that we usually have so a lot of times i would go there and that would be my escape from my thoughts or from isolating and that's not the same kind of option last night i did an open mic at the dive my friend randall crabmeat thompson that's his name randall crabmeat thompson he is the host of that show and they gave him the go ahead to start doing the show again. So last night was the first night back for that show. So that helped. Well, that was Monday night. This is now Wednesday morning. For me, it's still Tuesday night because I haven't gone to sleep yet because my sleep schedule has been all over the place, which for a minute I was giving myself a hard time about that. But even that I surrendered to and was just like, okay, well, if I'm going to have trouble sleeping at night and I'm not going to be on a traditional schedule, then maybe I'll just start making the most of my nights and that's when I'll do my content. So that's what I'm doing now just so I don't waste time because you can be just as productive during the nighttime hours as you can during the daytime hours, depending on what you do. For me, shooting content, editing content, I can do that by myself. So it's not like I need to go to a store for it. It's not like I need to have somebody help me with it. This is all stuff that I can do at home. I'm not the best at it, but I'm getting better at it every day. So that's the other way you have to look at things. You have to look at things in terms of your progress and not what anybody else is doing and not what anybody else is able to do and not what anybody else has the money for. Just what are you personally able to do? That's another way that I keep myself from being too hard on myself is I'm like, this is a skill that I didn't go to school for. And I'm really just teaching myself as I go, editing clips, everything, everything that I'm doing is stuff that I'm teaching myself as I go. Sometimes I have a friend that I can ask about different things. Chris Storen has been really good about helping me. My friends over at Vegas Virtual Studios, they've been really good about giving me advice. I haven't been going there lately, but that's just because for right now, they're across town and it's easier for me with the way my schedule is running to just roll out of bed or get home at whatever time I do. Like they're not at the studio right now. And this is when I wanted to shoot. It's like 6 a.m. right now or 7 a.m. where I am. So 
they're not there yet and I don't want to bug them to be there at a time that they're not going to be there. I can just take care of this myself. So I haven't been shooting there. I might end up going back at some point, but for right now, I'm really liking this and I really am getting better at living in the moment. That's another thing that I would recommend if you're having a hard time right now is try living in the moment. Try just thinking about right now. Like I could worry about rent next month or rent the month after, but instead I'm just going to say, I'm glad that my rent is paid for this month. I'm glad my bills are taken care of right now. And so that's where I'm at. I have to be happy for that. I can't live life waiting for the other shoe to fall. And like I said, it does get a little tricky for me because I try not to isolate. But then there's also respecting the fact that sometimes I just need to be alone. And that's important too. Sometimes I need to just be by myself with my thoughts. So it's it's a balancing act trying to decide how much I should be out and how much I should be home. Tonight, I had a friend invite me to his house because he's having like a small party or a kickback. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do that tonight because I knew that I had to work on this. But then yesterday, I had to switch everything around because one of my best friends got married and she had asked me to be at her wedding a couple weeks ago because it was just a last minute she decided on a whim we're going to get married. And so I went ahead and changed my schedule around to do that. And I was very happy that I did it that way because she's my good friend and they're not even friends to me. Her and her daughter are family to me. Now her, her daughter and her husband are family to me. So I didn't feel at all conflicted about having to move my schedule around, but I did have to change even my sleep schedule for the for that particular night. But for me, it was definitely worth the trade-off. Then when it came to today, I was like, okay, you got to get back on track and you got to start doing things the way that you're supposed to. You can't let this slip into you not being self-disciplined. Because I've been putting these out for the last five days now, and before that, I was getting better about putting them out. And I think I'm just going to do a full 30 days since I'm already five days in. I've got to go to Arizona because I'm going to be performing there with Tim Dillon. That's going to be fun, and I will be shooting while I'm there. But at the same time, you guys won't get the same lighting experience. I obviously won't be here in my dining room. But... I'm going to be working again. So that's another thing for me to look forward to and be happy about. And if you're not familiar with Tim Dillon, he has the Tim Dillon show. That's his podcast. And it's super popular. You can see it here on YouTube. I watch it every week. It comes out Saturday nights, usually around 10 p.m. Pacific time. And he's such a funny guy and he's so entertaining and so cool and he's been so nice to me. And so that's another thing for me to look forward to where it's like, okay, not only am I getting to work, I'm getting to work with somebody that I really like and I really respect and I actually will watch his shows. I'm sure every show I'll end up watching because when I work with people that I like to see them do what they do, even if I see them do certain bits, throughout the weekend, which we all do as comedians. That's the way it works. I know a lot of people think we all just come up with things off the top of our heads. And some days, that's what we do. Some shows, you do nothing but that. But in a fair amount of shows, we'll be doing material that we're working on or material that we've been working on. So when you really like seeing someone, though, for me, it's not really about the joke at that point, even though I'll still recognize that the joke is great. It's about seeing the audience react to the joke. And that's where the fun is and seeing them craft the joke because most jokes will have an evolution even nightly, just slightly. You'll see certain words being changed or certain words being added. And so I'm really looking forward to that. So I could concentrate on other things that are less happy or that I can be less enthusiastic about or that can take me down into the dumps. But I choose not to do that. Instead, I want to focus on what's good in my life. Me and Bijou have gotten to spend a lot of time together. Probably too much time if you ask her. She's currently enjoying a Whimsy's Alligator, never to be sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. But that's beside the point. I'll still leave their link down below. You heard what I said about that last week. Hopefully your dog enjoys it. If not, what do I care? Anyway, there's a lot that we can all be doing that maybe we haven't. I've organized my place quite a bit. I'm happy about that. Tonight, I decided to clean my place because it had gotten not terribly messy, but a bit cluttered. 
And for me, that's a big thing. If my place is clean, I'm usually happier. Does it always stay clean? No. Do I always stay happy? No. But I do try my best to keep it as clean as possible because for some reason, mentally, that makes me feel better. So it's about having these tricks and cheats that you use for yourself to make yourself feel better in a less than an ideal situation. Yesterday, I also got a bit down and that's something I'll talk about because I was at my best friend's wedding and it reminded me of my relationship that I was in when I first got here. When I got here, I moved here with my ex and... I hadn't realized we had the problems we had and I was super duper in love with him even though I wasn't the best at expressing it at that time just because I had so much on my mind. But it did take my mind there and I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. I texted him yesterday. He still didn't text me back so he's probably over it. It's weird for me the way that these things work out. But then at the same time, when I was with him, I started gaining weight because to him, it was important that we ate together because he always said that that was one of the things that we could actually do together that would give us some kind of, I guess, synchronicity in our schedules if we ate together and slept together. So even though the emotional side of me misses him and misses that relationship or what I thought that relationship was, the smarter, the more analytical side of me knows that even that's been a good thing because I got to get my weight back down. I'm not happy when I'm fat. And I know some people would say, well, you're not fat or you weren't fat. But for me, I was fat and I wasn't happy. So you can't make yourself be happy about things that you feel like are in your control or with me that's the way it works i can't speak for everybody but with me in particular if i feel like there's something within my control that i could work on but i'm not able to work on it because my partner doesn't necessarily see that as something to worry about then i'll get very unhappy very quickly because I'm not being the best version of myself, which is what I want to be not only for me, but also for the person I'm with. I like when the people that I'm with are attracted to me when they like the way my body looks. And there was one time when I showed my ex a picture of when I was as lean as I wanted to be again. And I showed him that picture and he looked at it and he stared at it for a minute. And then he was like, yeah, that would do absolutely nothing for me if your body looked like that. Which, of course, for me was hard to hear because, yeah, I like that you accept me the way that I am currently. But if I want to feel better for myself, I feel like you should encourage that. But we had other things going on. And then since then, I've had my little mini relationships that I talk about quite a bit, which I think sometimes people think I take those more seriously than I should. But what people don't get is I don't look at introducing the people that I date like introducing them to my family. Technically, I don't look at introducing people that I date to my family as introducing them to my family, if that makes sense for me. It can be very chill and just like, oh, you're just meeting these people because you happen to be with me right now and we're getting ready to go to dinner or I want to go to dinner with my parents and you happen to be with me. So let's go. You come with me. It's not meeting the parents. It's just meeting my parents. But that's something most people that I've dated and my parents don't agree on. So I've, I've really had to concede on that one and just let everybody else have their way. And I've told people more recently that I don't have an interest in meeting any of their friends until... We're together for at least six months. So I guess I see how it works. I, that's, that's kind of the point of this whole episode, really. It's, it's just about evolving and changing and moving with things so that you don't get too caught up and so that you don't find yourself in a negative cycle or in a negative mind space. That, to me, is what's probably the most important thing about this particular episode is just remembering to stay loose and not be too dead set on this is the way things have to go. Because especially right now with 
the pandemic, we don't have a lot of control in what's going on. Am I happy about a lot of the stuff that they have us under as far as guidelines go? And they call them guidelines, but they're really enforcing them like laws. So am I happy with all of that? No, I've been clear about that. But am I going to sulk about it? And I'm, am I going to pretend that that's really going to hold me back? No, because I still have to continue to do the things that I have to do to make sure that I survive, to make sure that I get through this. And at the end, I'm in a better spot than I was in the beginning, which is what I always shoot for. Uh, right now, I'll be honest with you guys, when I say my focus at this particular moment isn't on trying to thrive. Yes, that's where I'm headed. That's definitely the goal. But for right now, this moment here, besides just being happy in the moment, like I said, my main focus outside of that is just to make sure that I stay afloat for right now while I'm figuring out content and also how I'm doing everything in the new way that things are working. It's not for me right now about like, let me try to make a million dollars next week or whatever pie in the sky idea people think I might have. It's about let me make sure everything stays turned on so I can get to that next spot. It's a lot to think about, but at the same time, I feel like if I continue to be both stern with myself and flexible, then I'll get to where I'm going and there's really nothing to worry about. And some people might say that's a little too optimistic, but my whole life is based on optimism, if you can't tell. I know because I vent about things and I'm very open about the things that get on my nerves, sometimes people get the impression that I'm a negative person. But if any of the people that had that idea were to spend any quality time with me, they'd quickly realize that I'm probably a lot different than they think my life is like. Like sometimes people mention me in reference to drama and it's like, oh yeah, you must only know me from online because... Even there, I don't really have drama anymore, but some people perceive some of the arguments that I have, or I wouldn't even call them arguments, some of the discussions I have with people for being drama, but they're not. For me, it's just, I'm trying to learn them, they're trying to learn me, sometimes we get into it, sometimes I decide I don't want that particular influence in my life or in my head anymore, so I'll block them or whatever, but there's no drama afterwards, there's no me trying to get at them or ruin their lives or whatever the people online try to do like cancel culture that's something that i've talked about quite a bit and people will hit me up online all the time and tell me how much they like me because i don't worry about cancel culture and there's a reason for that besides the fact that i've already been canceled a couple of times and I never worked more after being canceled, so it was very ineffective. But whatever, they tried it, they did it. They definitely made the efforts. But for me, the reason that I don't worry about cancel culture is because no matter what I do, I'm gonna get canceled. Because when I first started doing stand-up, I would just write the stuff that I thought was funny and it was all autobiographical just like it is now. So I was talking about my life and people I actually know and stories from different situations that happened when I was with certain people and two of my best friends that I hung out with the most and probably shaped me the most were trans women. So I did a couple jokes involving trans people and involving them and different things that I've seen happen as far as trans go or LGBT in general. And the LGBTQ community didn't appreciate a lot of the stuff that I was doing and turned it into a thing. And this goes all the way back to like 2007 or 2008, which was when I was just getting into stand up really well just really starting to work and it was very frustrating for me because I was probably five years in at that time and I remember feeling like for the last five years the gay community has not been here for me when it came to stand up even when I would try to do the LGBT shows that were in LA at that time they weren't welcoming of me 
they weren't cool with me. That's why I created the comedy festival that I put on Laughed Out, which is another thing that's not going to be happening. This was going to be our second year, 2021. January 2021 was going to be our second year. And now we're not going to be able to do that. But to get back to the point, the reason that I started that festival was because I was different. They didn't want me on their festivals because there was a festival in LA at that time that was LGBT and they definitely did know me and know of me. They didn't want me on their shows and all because I had a different point of view that didn't line up with what the LGBTQ community was going for, which I've often said that I don't think the LGBT community has a agenda the way people say the gay agenda but at the same time it kind of seems like they do when they get mad at you even as another lgbt person for saying certain things or expressing yourself in certain ways then it does start to look kind of like an agenda and i know some people would get mad at you for saying that but i'm just tired of people always wanting to be mad about stuff so that's why i don't pay attention to cancel culture because there's nothing i can say and no way i can express myself without somebody getting offended. Even when I talk about myself, I talk about being Latino and how I don't like the term Latinx and I don't want to identify as Latinx and I'm not going to identify as Latinx. And that's something that'll make people mad too. And it's like, now you're telling me how I'm supposed to identify and you're getting mad at me for how I identify. You can identify as male, female, trans, non-binary, other kin. There's so many different classifications right now for the way that people can identify. But then I say that I want to continue to identify as Latino and I don't want to switch over to identifying as Latinx. And suddenly that's the worst thing in the world. Well, how do these rules work that you get to have your way, whatever you want? But then I express that I want things a certain way just for me. I don't care if other people identify as Latinx. Knock yourself out if you want to. I don't know a lot of Mexicans that want to identify as Latinx, but if they do, cool. Identify as Latinx. I am not. And that should not hurt your feelings. I was being told how closed-minded I was the other day in a conversation because I'm not going to identify as Latinx. And it's like, no, that's not me not being open-minded. You can identify as Latinx if you want to. I'm not saying you can't, but you're not going to come over here and tell me this is what you're going to identify as. And even that, I'm sure, will at some point lead to cancel culture coming after me. And I don't care because there's nothing I can do short of giving into their demands to satisfy them. That's the thing with voting for Donald Trump. There's people that are mad at me because I'm voting for Donald Trump and they think I'm the worst person in the world. But there's nothing I can do about that. I'm still going to vote for Donald Trump. So what do you think's supposed to happen here? Do you think I'm supposed to change the way I'm voting to make you happy? Who are you and why do I care so much? And that's what I find myself asking a lot of times when people come after me for saying that I feel a particular way about a particular topic and they they really want me to just accept that their way is the right way. But it's like, how do I know your way is the right way? I don't know anything about you other than you're a voice on the Internet. That's really all I know about these people. I don't know how you live. I don't know what your values are. I don't know how much money you make. I know nothing about you so that I can see if we line up the same way or if we're even the same kind of people or if we even have the same values but I'm supposed to just drop whatever I think about anything and adopt your way there was a situation where I called out a comedian a couple days ago and some of you saw that online on Facebook and I'm not going to do that anymore because these people don't know how to do what it is they're supposed to do the guy had called me a bootlicker which I don't care if you call me a bootlicker but at the same time, I feel like if you're going to call somebody a bootlicker, you should be able to lay out your case or you should be able to be funny about it. One of those two things should happen. You should either be able to be funny, entertaining about it, or you should be able to lay out your case as to how I'm a bootlicker. And anybody that's seen me deal with the police before will tell you that I'm definitely not a bootlicker. It's not like I just bow down to authority. But at the same time, sometimes I feel like some of the decisions people make, they're taking their own lives into their hands. And I, I've done it myself. I know some of you saw that happen on Facebook Live. It was a while back, but there was a situation where a cop was trying to give me a ticket that I just didn't deserve. And I was in the middle of nowhere, Texas. 
And I decided I wasn't in the mood for it. I didn't want to accept this ticket that I hadn't done anything to deserve. I was being ticketed for failure to stop at a stop sign that I had stopped at not once but twice because there was a blind spot. So I stopped and then I moved up to try to see more from the blind spot. But really, I felt like if there's nobody there, I can just go now because I already fully stopped. And so... Then when I started to pull out, a cop drove by and then he like, you know, swerved like he was it was really dramatic the way he did it. But at that point, you know, since I saw him, I'd already stopped. And so I stopped again once I saw him. So then he turns around once I'm turning and I'm on my way to a gas station. You know, I was that's why I was pulling off the freeway, highway, whatever it was anyway. And I was pulling in and then he gets behind me and turns on his lights and says he's going to give me a ticket when he comes up to the window and I was like no you're not and he was like sir you're going to give me your license your registration and I was like I'm giving you none of that I'm not accepting a ticket for something that I didn't do and I had Facebook live on because I wanted there to be witnesses like I said I'm in the middle of Texas somewhere uh, I had just done some shows and so I was very clear with him about the fact that this wasn't going to go down like that. I refused to roll down my window any more than a crack so I could hear him. He threatened to break my window. And there was just a point where something snapped in my head where it was like, no, I'm just not allowing this to happen. And I remember thinking to myself, this could go really bad with what's been going on. And I'm not one of those panicky people. But with what's been going on, this could get really bad. It could turn into a situation where who knows I could end up getting shot with the way things work right now the way some of these cops do seem to be a bit on the trigger happy side which I don't think you have to be black lives matter to know that that's an actual thing and some of these cops aren't being trained well enough and especially the way this guy was talking to me because he was young and he was a hothead and angry and I guess he realized he was a little bit in over his head and I think he also realized that since I was on Facebook live it wasn't necessarily going to go probably as smooth as he would have liked for it to have gone if he had decided to do something shady. So instead, he ended up calling one of his superiors. And then when I talked to that guy, that guy said, like, let's start over. He was like, just let's pretend that you just got pulled over and I'm the first person you're dealing with. And I don't know where this cop learned these de-escalation skills, but it was so effective because I was like, okay. So he was like, give me your name, blah, blah, blah. Cool. Give me your driver's license. He was like, I'm not going to give you a ticket. I just want to make sure that you don't have any warrants. There's nothing outstanding. And I was like, cool. And man of his word, he went in and took my license, ran my information just to make sure I was fully legit, everything fully legit, everything up to snuff. And I had explained the situation to him about me stopping twice. And he was really cool about it. My point is, though, it could have gone extremely, extremely sideways. And I knew that when I made the decision not to roll down my window. So even though it wouldn't be right if something happened, at the same time, I was the one who made that decision. And I think that's what a lot of people fail to understand. When I look at things certain times, I'm like, okay, that's a decision that that person made. That's a choice that that person made. So while I agree that it shouldn't have gone that far, at the same time, you were a part of what pushed it that far. And that's something I think that's important for all of us to look at regardless of your race, gender, sexual orientation, what is your part in everything that's going on? Because there aren't a lot of situations that are just complete chaos to the point where you have nothing to do with them, where you don't have a hand in them. Usually, if we really are thinking about the way things work out, once we get out of that victim mentality or if we don't have friends that will humor us that way, then the, you're just left with, okay, what was my part and what was their part? And if you're really honest about it, you usually did have some part in it. So for me, it's more productive to look at what it is you're doing because the rest of the world isn't going to change all the time. Sometimes you have to change for things to change around you or to get a different result. 
And they always say that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So I try not to do that. I try to learn from everything. And this is something that people will often say is victim blaming if you're talking to somebody else. I had that happen not too long ago where there was this woman that I was dealing with on Facebook. There was I've seen her on a couple of threads talking about how she was in an abusive relationship with this other comedian for four years, another female comedian, they're lesbians. And she's always anxious to throw that in, you know, that this person abused her for four years. And it turns out it's more mental abuse, which I agree is a serious thing. But at the same time, I had to remind her because she's always bringing it up. And I was finally like, okay, well, let's think about what your part in this was. Because, yeah, she may have abused you for four years. But at the same time, you have to remember that you stuck around for four years of abuse. And then people jumped in and started telling me I was victim blaming. And I was like, okay, well, then I'm victim blaming. You're right. This isn't good advice at all that maybe she should look into why it is she chose to stay in an abusive relationship for four years, which is something I've done. I've stayed, not four years, but I've stayed in toxic relationships. It's uh, something that I'm working through is my own toxic nature when it comes to relationships with friendships I don't have a lot of that like I was saying people that think that I'm dramatic in regular life don't know what my life works like like my life even during the shutdown is too busy for me to be dramatic it just is that's why in a lot of cases I will just block people on social media or if things aren't working out with the person that I'm dating I will just stop seeing them because I just don't have time for that. Like the guy that I wasn't dating is a good example of that. I really did like him and I really wanted to see where it could go. But when we started running into the same problems over and over and we had only known each other for four or five weeks, then it gets like, okay, I don't think this is probably going to get better, especially if you are not saying you're going to work on your part. And in that way, I don't think I had anything to work on on my part because I'm just at the point in my life where if I'm going to be with somebody, it's either going to turn into something serious or it's not going to be in my life. I don't want to do just the casual dating. I will have hookups. And even that I'm getting tired of. I would love to tell you guys that I'm still fully active on Grinder and just anything that moves, but it's just not what's happening right now. I don't even go on grinder that much anymore because mentally I've just moved on from a lot of that. I just, I want something that's either more substantial or nothing at all. Cause one way or another, whether it's with somebody by my side or completely by myself, either way, I have to really pay attention to what it is I'm doing right now and try to work on what's going to get me where I want to be. It's, just the way it is it's you know and with that kind of thinking it's the other reason that I don't have time for something as unproductive as cancel culture is because I've got too much going on to be arguing with people that don't matter and don't get me it's for me it's like okay if you don't get me then you don't get me I'm fine with that but can you not anywhere in your brain understand that maybe a gay Mexican-American from Arizona might have a different viewpoint than, say, a young white liberal kid from Portland. Also, we're not growing up in the same time. I'm a full-grown man, and a lot of these people are early 20s, which I look back on things I thought in my early 20s or even late 20s, and I am nothing like that. It's just not even, sometimes I cringe when I think about certain things that I said back then. Of course, things were a lot less politically correct back then, so a lot of stuff I was saying was a lot more cringy. But I feel like even though it's a different kind of cringe, a lot of these kids that are trying to argue with me now, later on in life when they have a bit more perspective, are going to be cringing about their own behavior and the kinds of, the way that, 
they weren't allowing other people to speak or other people to express themselves, just looking at things from only their point of view. And you're only going to learn so much from your point of view. That's why I'm open to listening to people, even when it comes to the young people I'm talking about. Like you take that same example, a 20 something from Portland. It's not like I wouldn't completely have an interest in conversing with them or wouldn't listen to them at all i'm just not going to adopt it as my new mantra it's just not going to turn into what i think i'm not going to fully subscribe i'm not going to join your cult but that doesn't mean that i can't listen to you that doesn't mean i can't learn anything from you i'm happy to listen to you and learn from you because you got that experience from somewhere you got that viewpoint from somewhere so why would it threaten me to listen to it it's like I'm saying, you just got to keep moving and keep evolving even when it comes to ideas. I had somebody tell me in a Facebook argument, it's this kid. And I don't know why I haven't blocked this kid yet. And when I say kid, probably somewhere between 25 and 30 is probably what he is. And I guess I don't block him because he's gay. And I feel like maybe one day he's going to have a breakthrough. And I wouldn't mind being cool with him at that point. Most of the people that have misunderstood me, I have kind of kept the door open for because I felt like maybe at some point they would understand and that we could have productive conversation. Like I felt that way with a few of the trans comedians that I've gotten into it with in the past. And I just felt like you're just going through something right now because you're new to being out. And you're rediscovering yourself and you're learning a lot about boundaries and what it is you can and can't put up with from the general public and not realizing that when it comes to being gay, if whether you're Democrat or Republican, whether you're trans, non-binary, straight up gay, straight up lesbian, pansexual, whatever you are, when it comes to dealing with me, one thing I don't think a lot of people get is that I'm going to be on your side. Maybe I won't agree with you. Maybe I won't subscribe to the way you phrase everything and the way you think that we should all look at it. But I do have your back because I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be different and I know what it's like to not necessarily fit in and have it be because of your sexual orientation or your sexual identity. I, I get that. And so I try to keep the lines open with these people because I feel like one day we'll be able to have productive conversation and who knows, you might even be able to learn something from me. I might be able to learn some, something from you. But if there's one thing I'm good at, it's having boundaries when it comes to asserting myself and saying, hey, this is me. And I'm cool with you being you. And this is what the straight world I'm talking about. This is why I have so many straight friends. And I don't ever care when people call me like a bootlicker or another one that I've been called is or accused of is tap dancing, which, of course, is, you know, again, just trying to appease straight people is what I'm accused of. And it's like if you were to ever see me in situation any situation you would see that i don't tap dance technically i'm the opposite of tap dancing technically tap dancing is what i don't like about the lgbtq community right now is that in order to be a gay man you're expected to be full-on sean from will and grace and not all of us are going to be that and if you're not that then people get mad at you and act like you're misrepresenting the community. So it's like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to force me to be this person that I'm just not? And it's not that I'm doing it to hurt your feelings. It's not that I'm doing it to piss you off. It's not that I'm doing it to be obstinate. None of that. I'm just being me and saying I don't have to be that in order to be me. I don't have to be what you consider gay to be to be acceptable. But I put a boundary down with other LGBT people. And again, that's where I get called difficult and get told that I should basically just go with the program. And it's like, what's the program? Pretending to be something other than what I am? Pretending to vote differently than I do? Like, Think about how much of my life, if I were to fully subscribe to everything they want, think about how much of my life 
I would have to actually change. I've already mentioned three major things to you. I would have to put on a full-on caricature of a gay man is what I'd have to be. That's not me, so I would have to put that on. I also would have to identify as Latinx, which I've been Latino for a lot of my life, was raised Chicano, and I'm just going to go back to Chicano all the way, all the time is what's going to happen here soon. Because I do have a connection to being Chicano. It's not, again, me being difficult. It's I had a connection with that. I gave that up at somebody else's whim, you know, because in general we were asked to stop at a certain point because there was a negative connotation when it came to Chicano. So we were supposed to be Latino. And so at a point I submitted to that and was like, okay, I'll be Latino. And now you want to push me into being Latinx. And I feel like maybe I just want to go all the way back to Chicano and not to be difficult with you, but just because... One, you're never going to be happy. And two, that's where I felt happiest. That's what I felt represented me the best. So maybe I'm not meant to make all these changes just to make other people happy. You know? So there's the three things right there. There's the how I behave as a gay man. That would have to change. How I vote would also have to change. And how I identify as Latino instead of Latinx. That's another thing I would have to change. Those are three major things in my life that I'm being asked to change. And if I don't change those things, then I'm considered to be a difficult person or not proud of who I am. Well, how about if you were as proud of yourself or who you are as you pretend to be, you wouldn't care how anybody else identifies because I truly don't. I know people that identify as Latino. I know people that identify as American of Mexican descent. That one sounds really worried to me, but it's the way some people identify. I don't have a problem with any of the different ways that people identify. It's all about, like I said, evolving, changing, and at the same time, accepting that you don't have to be the same as everybody else in order to be happy. And you also don't have to do everything everybody else wants you to do just to make them happy. Like, you be happy. You make yourself, create your own joy. Not only create your own lane right now with everything that's going on. If you've been professionally displaced, I think that's a good way to phrase it. But also, but also just all aspects, just... I don't know. I'm I guess I guess I'm trying to tell you guys how I do things so that maybe if somebody else is struggling with any of this then hopefully my rambling will make them feel a little better and give them a little bit of like a hey, maybe I'm not that bad cuz at least I'm not like Ty. <laughs> Which is me half joking, but at the same time, I would I don't mind if you look at me and you're like well, at least I'm not as messed up as him because if that makes you feel better, then I'm happy for you. And I don't mean that in a passive-aggressive way at all. I really do feel that way. If my being as messed up as I am makes you feel better about your situation, whatever it takes to make you feel better about your situation in this particular time, for me, I'm happy with because it's just such a rough time for all of us right now. And... I know I have my own thing going, like I said, because the death of my sister and this being that time of year. But at the same time, we're all going through a lot this time, 2020. And it's not anybody's fault other than China. I guess that's my point of all this. Here I thought it was about evolving and growing when really I've just been trying to say China sucks this whole time. China did this to us. Not black China, not China from the WWE, but China, China, Wuhan, which I really like the noodles there. There's a particular noodle that I need to make at some point, but I was going to make it with the guy that I wasn't dating because he's such a good cook and he said he had pretty much all the ingredients. We just need to get four things and then we ended up not seeing each other anymore. So... Blame that on China, too. Anyway, you guys, whatever you do, ladies and gentlemen, stand bothered. This has been Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Mm -hmm.